passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hot Sheet Podcast. You know who's here. It's Jeff in Massachusetts, Josh in North Carolina. He is the parrot. I am the bear. And if it's a Hot Sheet Podcast, well, we're talking about Hot Sheet. Jeff, how are you? Not too bad, Josh. I'm uh, excited to have you back on the podcast last week. I had to. Yeah, you kind of went rogue. I left the cage open and you flew out and did all your tricks and you know, live the life of a free bird for a, a shout to Leonard Skinner for yeah. a, a, a little bit. Uh, yes. I was a little surprised. I had a small window reserved for it, but uh, I was doing scout calls and uh, yeah. And you I had to drive to a game. I had to go see Sam Reversi. That's so. right. You went to a game and I was like, dang. Yeah. So I, so you did I a, a full yeah. on uh, solo podcast, the Vin yes. Scully of the hot sheet podcast world you don't need a second <laughs> no i'm just that talented josh but now i'm back here to carry your water and your seed bells and all things a, a good parrot needs um but now we're now that i'm back i could help you talk about hot sheet which uh this week i put together um my week in the rotation and uh up, up near the top, at number two, I led it with the guy who was one of my favorite prospects in the game two years ago, who stumbled on hard times in 2022 for a couple of reasons, and now is back, back in a San Fran groove. Um, that's Luis Matos, and he, you know, during the 2020 pandemic season, he and his Venezuelan ilk mostly were kind of hurt. Uh, in a specific way, because the because uh, Venezuela uh, Venezuelan players had trouble getting back to Venezuela uh, before lockdown, so he and the other Venezuelans in the system, or some of them, were stuck at the team hotel, uh, riding out you know uh, the season until uh, the league instructs. I seem to recall they went to a, like to get to get some sort of reps in. They went to a local batting cage when that opened. Um, like a you know a, a funville you know type of batting cage where you're putting a coin and it spits machines at you, spits uh, spits balls at you. Um, but you know, word out of instructs that year was a key was really interesting, like really interesting. And so I, I ran him up there, and then in the next season he just destroyed the Cal League. He was excellent. Then in 2022, uh, combination of factors like he was his aggressive approach <clears throat> kind of got him in trouble. The cold weather of Eugene kind of didn't, you know, play nice with him. And so those two factors, oh, and he was also injured, combined to kind of stymie his season. He came back in the fall league 
and looked pretty good, both offensively and defensively. And this year has been gangbusters at double A for uh, not very long. And I'll say 30 something games. And then he's been in triple A and he's been really good there. He's not, he's still not, you know, the most patient here in the world, but he makes a ton of contact, doesn't strike out, walks a fair amount. He's got power. He can play center field. There's a lot of things to like about Luis Matos, right, Jeff? Yeah, I would agree. Um, you know, I think the the hit tool is pretty advanced in terms of bat to ball skills. Um, you know, we've seen sort of the skills finally show up in game after a really tough year, as you mentioned. The exit velocity data isn't bad. Um, he's gotten the the chase rate in check. You know, he's still an aggressive swinger, um, but it's sort of in that average chase rate range, which I think for a player like this is is fairly big. Just kind of cutting out that 5 to 6% of bad swings outside the zone. Uh, and what that's led to is just really, you know, incredibly high contact rates. I think he's running like an 85, 86 overall, you know, percent contact rate in the season with good exit numbers. The bats of ball skills are easily plus, if not sort of double plus. There's some impact there as well. Um, and the swing decisions have improved. So, you know, I think when you look at a player like Matzos, who's done what he's done in, you know, the upper minors, he's still pretty young. Uh, still 21 very years. Young. He's be yeah, 21, 21 years. All year. Yep. I was about to say that, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think I think it's um, an interesting player. I, I, you know, I don't know if there's superstar upside just because I, I don't know how much the power is going to play in games, especially there. But he seems like somebody that's going to be able to get the ball to the gap um, in San Francisco and, you know, probably put up pretty good numbers, uh, hitting, you know, 40 plus doubles a season in his peak years. He seems like that kind of a guy where it's more like mid teens power in terms of home runs and et cetera, but good all around player and somebody that I think, um, you know, could be up in San Francisco sometimes this summer. Yeah. He's, I'm just, I'm over the moon at how well he's done. Cause like I said, <clears throat> like I said, I was really hot on his tail in the California league. Um, and he didn't really disappoint me. Um, and then in the fall league, I mean, he was, I believe the league's defensive player of the year. Um, and that's no, that's, uh, it's no small honor considering Johan Rojas was also in the fall league. So it's a really interesting prospect who could provide value on both sides of the ball. Jeff, we also put Astros right-hander, Spencer Arigetti on the hot sheet. He had an excellent week. You do the Astros for the handbook, and you are the pitcher whisperer. Whisper <laughs> to us about Spencer Arigetti. About Spencer Arigetti. Um, so it's it's pretty good stuff. Like, you know, his 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 four seam fastball, which is his most used pitch. Um, it's got good shape. It's not a ton of power, so it's not going to jump off of stuff models. He sits more like 91 to 92, touching 93, 94 at peak. Um, doesn't have a tremendous amount of ride, but it's pretty good shape considering it's a lower release height. He's one of those sort of um, flatter vertical approach angle type guys. It's a four, you know, 0.3 degree vertical approach angle. Um, so everything kind of plays off of that. Uh, he's got two good breaking balls in uh, mid 70s curveball and in upper 70s, lower 80s slider. Uh, slider is more is more of a sweeper. 
the curveball is one of those classic sort of two plane, you know, um, breaking balls, 11 to five type breaking balls. Um, he'll mix in his change up here and there as well, which from a shape perspective is, is pretty good. It's not used nearly as much as the two breaking balls are. Um, but he's heavily fastball, curveball, slider. He'll throw the curveball to both handedness. Um, slider's a little bit more right on right focused, but um, it's a good week for him. I think he had his highest strikeout total as a professional this week. Um, made two starts um, for Corpus Christi, had 12 batters that he struck out on Tuesday, I believe. And then Sunday, Followed that up with another seven strikeouts. Um, in total on the week, he went 2-0, and only gave up one earned run over 10 innings, two five-inning efforts on both sides, walked three batters, four hits, um, you know, and kept it clean despite less strikeouts um, in the Sunday start. So two good turns for Araghetti, which is, is sort of good for his prospect stock. Heading into uh, the update over the next couple of weeks, he'll be moving up in the Houston uh, system, which isn't saying a whole ton, um, but he's been one of their better performing pictures um, out of all these guys they've drafted and guys they've signed from the international market over the last couple of years. Not a lot of great performances. Araghetti's one who has performed, um, struggled in his first couple of starts in, or actually maybe three in trip and double A, excuse me. And then over the last, really since it turned to May, he's been tremendous. Um, you know, low ERA, all the numbers are good. He's striking batters out, not walking a ton of guys. Um, not, a, not a ton of power, kind of like we're used to with a lot of these these Houston starters. But um, I think he has starting pitching qualities, a deep repertoire. He can throw strikes, can get some swings and misses. It's probably more of a, of a number five sort of a profile. Um, but we've seen number five profiles in the Houston system grow into more than that. So... Um, very interesting, and I think he could be a guy that, you know, probably not this year, but maybe next year is in the mix for some starts in Houston. Yeah, um, I think you're right on the last point where there are certain organizations, and Houston is one of them, where you take what you see in terms of pitchers and you say, okay, well, there's probably more to it. We're going to bump them up a, a couple notches because that's just how these things work. They turn the anonymous into the famous. And uh, the Astros are one of them. Let's uh, move down the list here uh, to the Southern League, where they got the pre-tacked baseball and all of its uh, inscrutable variables. Under? <laughs> inscrutable variables. <laughs> um, you've got uh, Pete Crow Armstrong, who, you know, um, is one of, if not the best defensive center fielder in the minor leagues. We talked about Matos earlier, but, you know, Crow Armstrong uh, might be a true 80 out there. Um, and that's been his rep. And then, you know, he was in not so long ago, he was in the mix for one, one overall out of his draft class. Um, didn't work out that way, obviously, but the Mets took him and then immediately or almost immediately shipped him to the Cubs and the Javier Baez deal. Um, and they have, I believe are regretting that one. I can't speak for them, but uh, he looks like a very good prospect, and he still it seems like he should be older than this, but he's 21 years old and in double-A. And this year had a bit of a, a power outburst. I don't think he's ever going to be a, you know, offensive juggernaut, but he is going to have value offensively, and he's a fast guy too, so he's going to have uh, value once he gets on the bases as well. 
he's a really interesting, pretty well-rounded player um, at the top of a, a decent Cubs system. What do you think about Pete Crow Armstrong, Jeff? Yeah, like you said, standout defender, excellent athlete. Um, you know, a guy that's been storied, we'll say, or highly mm -hmm. touted. Since he was uh, a prep, I think he dropped too far in that particular draft class, especially when we take a look back now. Probably a guy that should have gone in, in inside the top 10, especially when we look at the top five picks in that 2020 draft. <laughs> um, the bat's there. The contact's there. The approach is pretty good. Um, I think there is sort of enough power with Crow Armstrong for him to be dangerous. I don't think he's totally tapped into all that yet. Um, he's not a small guy and a good athlete, um, but the exit velocity numbers are kind of underwhelming. Um, he's a heavy chase guy, high contact. So he sort of falls within that kind of typical up the middle sort of profile. Um, in some ways, I know he's different, though the same age, but different physically than Louis Matos. He's very similar uh, in terms of the type of players that they are. His chase rates are still kind of astronomical. Um, he's a 38, 39% chase rate guy, which isn't great. Um, you know, that leads to some flukiness in the overall line. Um, you know, you're really very dependent on contact and batting average and balls falling in play. Um, but I do think he's somebody that's projectable. I think that the swing decisions could improve over time. And he could be somebody that we're looking at that adds power and at 25, 26, 27, what peak, what peak Pete Crow Armstrong or peak Crow Armstrong, if you want to get fancy, looks like is probably a little bit different than the player that we're seeing right now. Um, I think the swing decisions need to improve. I'd like to see a little bit more power. Um, I think some of that will come just as his physicality grows, but he's a really exciting prospect. I do think it's an easy starting major leaguer. It's just, how high is the ceiling when you when you talk about the style of hitter that he is, that he's an aggressive swinger and somebody that doesn't have tremendous power? I think that's all uh, chapter and verse, Jeff. And what we're going to do right now is take a quick break for advertisements, right? And seed, and seed bells. And seed bells, right now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. That's why I use Indeed for our hiring at Baseball America. It allows me to do everything on one website, I get quality candidates. I can schedule them. I can interview them. I can screen them. I can send messages to them all within Indeed. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Just go to Indeed.com slash Baseball America right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we are back. This is the Hot Sheet Podcast with Jeff and Josh here on a Tuesday after uh, a Josh-led hot sheet. I will be chatting this afternoon at 2 o'clock, which I just remembered. And if you're listening to this, I don't know why you care, but you know <laughs> you, you know what I will have done at 2 o'clock. <laughs> I'm just glad I'm just glad you didn't clap in the middle of the commercial break because I have to edit that out every time. Well, the or clap like, is supposed to be something I learned from JJ. So you, you can see the spike in sound and know where the pause is. I just look at the time and I write it down. Oh, well, <laughs> la-dee-da. Someone has I use pens. Someone has money to buy pens. Good for you. Well, I steal them from people. I fly up. I'm over here. Have them in my beak and then take off. I'm over here using, you know, the, the ink from leaves I find on the ground. It's not great. Um, oh. Another guy we had on this. This is a good week for uh, athletic center fielders. Yes. Uh, nobody Jordan else. Adams is on the list, too. And that's another guy that I was hoping for good things for. Um, when I remember seeing him as an amateur, I think, at in like one of the USA baseball events. You know, we knew his, his reputation was as a potential two-sport guy for the University of North Carolina. Shout out all the various University of North Carolina Baseball America alumni. Um, many. Many. Too many. Um, in any case, he uh, struggled his first few years as a pro and is starting to show signs of life this year in the Angels system. Um, I th- he's kind of the, the guy that I tend to you know, magnetized toward, which is, you know, I mentioned it on a thousand times on the podcast. I believe in the tools and he has always had them in spades, but they haven't, you know, they haven't really been used to build anything. So this year he's starting to put it together and he's still fairly, yeah, he's still 23 years old. So he's got time. Jeff, why do you think Jordan Adams has turned it around? Um, I think he's uh, benefiting greatly from playing in Salt Lake City in the Pacific Coast League. Um, that is always helpful. <laughs> it certainly helps. He's he's 23 years old, so you don't want to totally write him off yet. Um, but he is he is a player, you know, not not my style of player at all. Um, you know, there's some power and speed there, I guess, from a production standpoint. The underlying numbers kind of tell a little bit of a different story. Yeah. Um, good swing decisions. He doesn't chase a lot, actually. Um, his swing and miss is pretty bad. He's about a 65, 64% contact rate guy. Um, his exit velocity data isn't great. His 90th percentile exit velocity on the season, Josh, just 100.5 miles per hour, which when you uh, when you see he has 11 home runs, um, that's a little bit shocking, but I think once again, like he's one of these guys in the PCL where the stat lines, there are very deceiving 228, 319, 462 with 11 homers and 15 steals steals. Doesn't seem so bad. If you're talking about some of these other leagues, that's just a 78 WRC plus in the Pacific coast league. So like, do I think there's power and speed upside there? Um, 
you know, is he a guy that I would avoid in fantasy and then like he'd be good for two months and people would fall in love? Absolutely. Um, I'm not a Jordan Adams fan, though, frankly. I think that his style of athleticism doesn't necessarily translate to baseball. Um, I don't know if I've ever sent you over uh, the famous Johnny DeLuca paper that my other co-host, because I'm a polygamist when it comes to uh, podcasting, um, Matt Pajak actually wrote a paper when both of those guys, Johnny DeLuca and Jordan Adams, were eligible for the draft. And he flat out said that Johnny DeLuca would be a better professional baseball player than first round pick at the time, Jordan Adams. And it was based off of the athletic testing and that um, DeLuca tested significantly better than Adams did as an athlete, funny enough. Um, but it's sort of this disconnect, I think, between the explosiveness and, and things that work in baseball versus um, the athleticism that works in basketball or football, those sports that Jordan Adams was, was very good at, um, you know, was a top recruit to UNC as a football player, as a receiver. I think he was a three or four star receiver. And then you had um, his basketball exploits, which was kind of uh, peaked in gym class as a senior where he went viral for dunking on a teammate, which is now one of the well-known dunk uh, gifts out there. If you're, if you're on Twitter and someone's getting dunked on, you may actually pick Jordan Adams dunking on a high school classmate in gym class and like street clothes. So there you go. But I'm not into Jordan Adams. So he is, uh, he is not, he is not a, a, a Ponzi pal, whatever you want to call my, my players. I think, I think they would talk about a Ponzi scheme. A but... Ponzi scheme. <laughs> that, that that would be how I how I would build my teams. That would be yes. a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> There's your fantasy team name, the Ponzi Schemers. Um, I might change one to that right now. Thanks. Um, but uh, in any case, I I do appreciate you shouting out Johnny DeLuca, uh, the great Oregon Duck. Um, called up this week. Now big leaguer Johnny DeLuca, big league duck. I think it was a great day for Oregon baseball uh, that day because he got called up. And uh, uh, my boys made the Super Regionals. Uh, I, if you, you can't see me because I don't do video podcasts, uh, you know, uh, I've got Oregon shorts on right now, an Oregon shirt. Um, I'm, all, I'm all ducked out, as it were, as I generally am. But in any case, yeah, he got called up, and he's been kind of bubbling below the surface for a while as a guy like, yeah, you should be on this guy. And uh, the Dodgers were on this guy. And usually when the Dodgers are on guys, they're right. Um, they've certainly solved something. Um, and Johnny DeLuca is one of them. Uh, I, I think I saw him hit a home run this spring as I was walking past him. I just kind of turned my head like, oh, someone hit a home run. Oh, that's Johnny DeLuca. Oh, cool. I'm going to keep walking to this low A game because that's all I do is I, I watch the low A games and try to find the guys we don't know about. Um, in any case, yes, that's a, that's a really good point about how sneaky athleticism can be. It's not as simple. As you know, this guy can do a bunch of you know, visible things. There are lots of. Tell uh, me mm -hmm. if I'm speaking out of turn. There's a lot of testing that just doesn't normally, you know, go in. It's not something you can normally see. Like you can't see how he would perform during certain athletic tests, uh, and it might not always look the part necessarily. Um, I think that's one of the trickiest things to judge and define, both in baseball and other sports. Um, mm -hmm. But there are some teams that have cracked the code on it and have used their players' athleticism to turn into skills. And there are yeah. some teams that are very, very good at it. Dodgers are excellent at it. Uh-huh. I mean, 
I kind of marvel at the the, the, the few uh, position player pitching prospects they like off the top of my head. Peyton Martin and Chris Campos are converted position guys. River Ryan, River Ryan, converted position guy, and they figured out, hey, these guys would look great on the mound, and uh, the, and shockingly, they do. Speaking of the Dodgers, we will move to the Helium guys. And because I was feeling uh, frisky, uh, I did two Helium guys this week. Two instead of one. Two for the price of one. Uh, One, a Dodger is Theron Lorenzo, who um, apparently I tweeted about last year because he broke up, I want to say, Harlan Susanna's no hitter. He broke up, no, yeah, where the, uh, some ACL no hitter. In the bottom of the ninth with two outs, uh, he broke it up with a with a bomb or something. And because I, I just did a Twitter search for my name and him. And then this year, you know, how I operate on the backfields or any fields really is I set up as many cameras as I can, open side pictures, whatever. And I happen to set one up on one of the Dodgers fields. As I'm going through it, I kind of you know, I'm just trying to get to the whatever swings I can find. I see this really interesting swing from the backside, which you know it's, it's the backside, but you can tell his this guy's hands work really well. This guy it's clearly got a, a got bat speed to spare, um, and that particular hit was a home run, and it kind of made me stop in my tracks. I'm like, who is this? It, it's Lorenzo, and I poked around, and you know, it's a prospect. He's a real a real prospect, and he's showing it this year. He's Part of that very young, very talented uh, Rancho team. And he's got 14 bombs already this year, which is the most, uh, tied for the most with former teammate Chris Newell, who has been moved on up to the world of Great Lakes, and Jordan Beck uh, up in Spokane. Um, for the most home runs in either Class A classification, which is pretty impressive for a 19-year-old switch hitting catcher. Um and he's not just a one-trick pony as far as power goes. I mean, there's going to be a lot of development to go as he moves up the ladder. But he he's not going to be, you know, Johnny Bench back there. But he's a passable catcher. He's got plus arm strength. Um, there's a lot of good things to like about this guy. And I think he should be on the public's radar uh, sooner rather than later. Jeff, what do you think about Theron Lorenzo? Um, the numbers have been good, man. I, I'd love to get an opportunity to see him. Um, haven't had a chance to watch a ton of his games yet. Uh, swing looks pretty good. So I, uh, I sort of, uh, step out of the way and, uh, go to you on, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm just, it's, I just it's, haven't seen enough of them. It's really pretty. It's really pretty. And the other, the other, um, I don't know if you've seen him. The other helium guy we picked this week, we, I, picked this week was Chase Hampton of the Yankees. We're doing our uh, re-ranks of the top 30s this week and uh, coming Friday, the Easts. I don't remember which East is coming Friday. Maybe it's both of them. I'm not sure. Um, But Chase Hampton is their sixth rounder from last year out of Auburn, and he didn't rank in the top 30, and I don't feel bad about that. Normally I would, but here's why. He did not pitch after signing. They do not play games for Instructional League. And he was ranked fairly low on our BA 500, um, around the 290s. And, you know, around the sixth round, it's like, all right, you don't need to necessarily have the sixth rounder in your top 100 or your top 30. So I didn't put him there. And then he did, he's he's Will Warren part two, not a comp, but in terms of (laughs) 
well, they, they hit him and then bam, he's back out there and he's, you know, after a few mechanical tweaks to kind of amplify some of his stuff, he's uh, taken over. He's got 69 punch outs this year. And that's, I think, tied for eighth in the minor leagues with uh, Red Sox prospect Isaac Coffey. Uh, he's got back-to-back starts with 10 strikeouts. Um, I think my favorite stat is um, is that he's faced Jackson Holiday four time, uh, five times and punched him out four. I believe Holiday has swung and missed seven times against him. And that's not to pile on Jackson Holiday. It's just respect because that guy is a really, really good prospect and a really, really good hitter. And to be able to thoroughly dominate him, I know it's college guy versus high school guy, is very impressive. So uh, that there's a lot of really good up arrows pointing for Chase Hampton, and he's in the conversation for their number one pitching prospect, uh, at least at the full season minors. Um, I think I'm still going to give the edge to Will Warren, because at the end of the day, he has done it at double a and above uh and chase hasn't gotten that chance yet but uh he's been very very impressive at hudson valley and a lot of scouts have said you know you need to get on this guy and uh rest assured we will get on this guy uh once the new lists come out jeff what do you got on chase hampton you you pitcher whisperer you um i think hampton is one of the true sort of breakout arms this season uh, I think he's a guy that was featured in my in my actual breakout arms um, article. But huge fastball, tons of quality on that pitch. Um, you know, it's, it's rating as a 133 stuff plus if you're into that. But uh, let's get into it. 94, 95 miles per hour, touches 96, 97. Um, good shape on that. High spin, fairly efficient. It's getting like. 18 to 20 inches of run. I mean, ride pretty consistently. It's another pitch with a, with an outlier sort of flat uh, vertical approach angle type um, uh, 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 style <laughs> of a movement, um, which makes it hard to barrel up. He pairs that with um, a somewhat, and it's not a sweeper, but a sweepier slider. He's got a two plane curveball. Um, you know, he'll mix in a, a cutter every now and then and his changeups by far his least thrown pitch. Um, but you know, it's a hard curveball. The slider sits 85 to 87 miles per hour. Uh, curveballs more like 79 to 81, which with that kind of movement, pretty good. Um, so he's got a couple of power breaking balls, the four seam, he'll mix in the cutter, he'll mix in the changeup. Um, it's really good stuff. I think you can make an argument that, um, he may project even better than Will Warren long-term. Uh, yeah. and I like Will Warren a lot, but I think the fastball quality is better than Warren's, though Warren has the better breaking ball. Um, Hampton has two, and he's less split-dependent split on those two pitches. Uh, he's a guy that I was hoping would get promoted up to double-A uh, this week so I could see him in Hartford. Well, that's what we've talked about this week. Let's talk about the week ahead, or the last week. Let's talk about the week ahead. Um my schedule, but I mean, a lot of it's going to be writing uh, reports for the, the new 30s. But um, tomorrow I'm going up to Richmond to Squirrelville to see the, de- the double-A debut of Carson Wisenhunt, who has thoroughly dismantled the competition at low-A and high-A, which is uh, what someone can do when you have a 
uh, a good fastball and a 70 grade changeup. Um, so he's going to get his first test against more advanced hitters. I'm going to be there to see it. And then the next day, they are they're facing Altoona. Unfortunately, um, well, good for him, but Henry Davis got promoted, so I won't be seeing him. But uh, Jared Jones, the right-hander for the Altoona curve, will be on the mound, and he's been a, a big up-arrow guy this year. I'm going to get a look at him and get some video of him and just see uh, lots of beautiful video of Jared Jones and Carson Wisenhunt and the various other Giants and Pirates on the site over the next few days. Jeff, what are you doing and where are you going? Uh, well, tonight I'm going to be home with the kids. My wife's actually going to a minor league game tonight for a work thing. Um, so she's going to see Brandon Walter. I have to get the cameras out there, get some notes from, from wifey. But, uh, you know, no New Hampshire games this week. Uh, they are away. I have uh, Somerset in Hartford. Saw Somerset a few weeks ago. One of the reasons I was hoping Chase Hampton gets called up. So it might be a couple of games this week. Cape Cod League kicks off this weekend. The first two weeks of the Cape Cod League, I'm going to be down there helping out, doing some notes um, while Peter is handling Super Regionals and then the College World Series. Uh, once he's back from Omaha, I'm going to hand that off to Peter, who lives in the Cape during the summer. Let him sort of do his thing. So I'm going to get some early Cape looks here, you know, get some video, see what's what's doing down there, maybe some some pre-draft guys, you know, over the last couple of years, some of the pre-draft guys have been you guys like Carson Wisenhunt. Yeah, you know, we got uh, we got a few different uh, a few different players. I'm sure I'll see pre-draft that could turn out to be interesting, top thirty type of players. So more the five to twenty round types, though. Well, that's uh, that's what he's doing. You heard what I'm doing, and if you heard Jeff laughing, it's because I was watching a very large crow at my suet feeder. And it was very comical. So that's how we'll close this, with crows trying to eat sewage feeders and nearly ripping them down in the process. Once again, for the Hot Sheet Podcast, I am Josh. He is Jeff. Have a great week. Subscribe to Baseball America. Mm-hmm.